Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Today is uh, as a special guest co-host um, is my friend from around the ring, one of the OGs. His name is Dave Brown. How you doing today, Dave? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. This is fun. We had it's been a uh, it's been a hot minute since I've uh, been on a podcast. So uh, so this will be fun. Yes, uh, I asked Dave to do the show because he actually is the one that got me into podcasting. He on our show uh, around the ring. He it was his show, and he kind of passed the reins on to me after he get teaching me everything I needed to know. Uh, so when uh, Jordan, who if some of you, as you may know from him mentioning it, he is a professional wrestler. Uh, this weekend he is doing Denver, Kansas, and somewhere else, so he was going to be gone all weekend, so we didn't really have a chance to actually get our record on, so he said, see if you can find somebody to replace, I immediately thought of Dave, another reason I thought of Dave, and this is perfect for this show, because Dave kind of hates the WWE, and it seems like when you, you know, online, there are kind of a couple fans, there are fans like me, I'd say I'm the less majority of it who says like everything and then the other elite fans are elite fans that are jaded or lapsed WWE fans I think Dave I am not over exaggerating when I say you fall into the category of a lapsed WWE fan Uh, more or less I mean I actually watched both Raw and Smackdown this week because of the NXT call-ups because even though it's funny, I, I really dislike the uh, WWE main roster, but I really enjoy NXT. Uh, so, so yeah. And, and I also I think there's a third category of elite fans. It is the BTE Bullet Club super fans. And I think they're their own monster. Because you, you've got, you know, you've got your, your people who, like you say, like everything, which I think is the healthiest point of view to have to just say hey just enjoy it all it's fun 
And then there are the people who are like, oh, I'm sick of WWE, F this place, where's something different? And then there are the people who live and die by the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega and being the elite and have 50,000 Bullet Club shirts and all that stuff. Then you've got that group of people. So, which is a very healthy fan base, and those people seem to have money because they, uh, you know, buy a fartload of T-shirts. So, so that's where we run into the weirdness because that's why I always get confused on the categories when I was making a category because I kind of fit into both. You know. Yeah, I mean, you, you as you told me before we went on the air, you did recently change your phone background to a a certain elite member who you I. I think would possibly leave your fiance for. Yeah, um, yeah. I've always the background on my phone since WrestleMania 31. Uh, I've I've went to skinit.com. That's a free plug for skinit, and uh, I got my picture with Kevin Owens turned into a skin, and then that was the uh, background on my Otterbox because uh, to me Otterboxes are ugly, so they need to be dressed up. So I put Kevin Owens on the back. Well, lately, and it's like, I, and then when I met Kevin Owens again, it was a picture of me and Kevin Owens holding a picture of me and Kevin Owens, which I thought was super meta. Well, uh, then we got to, uh, then we got to now, and I'm like, you know what? I, I host a show about the elites, and uh, no one, uh, everyone pretty much knows that how much my affection for Cody runs wild so I thought it was time for a change so I bought a uh, my other Otterbox actually the rubber on the cover kind of broke so I bought a new Otterbox and with that I went in and put a new uh new picture and it's me and Cody and we're holding the NWA title and so I thought that was just kind of cool so yeah yeah so I like I said I file into both the lines like I once flew to Chicago to go to Pro Wrestling Tees. I flew in that morning, went and took a picture with the uh, the cast, got my autographs, then literally flew out that afternoon. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you, these are not mutually exclusive categories. Yeah. You can actually be in all three. You can say, I'm sick of WWE, uh, and also you know, hang on every word that Matt and Nick Jackson say. And uh, also, what was the other one? Uh, say, but, you know, I'm sick of WWE, but really you should like everything. You you don't, uh, especially if you're one of those fans who's kind of like me, who will, you know, watch the big pay-per-views. If something is going to really happen on Raw or SmackDown that you hear about, you'll go and check it out. And you watch NXT pretty regularly. So, yeah, I... It's when I say I hate WWE, I hate WWE main roster, and essentially I just hate things Vince McMahon is is personally involved with. Though, to be fair, and not to go on a tangent, I do think that the way that uh, Ricochet was used, especially on Monday Night Raw, despite the fact that that crowd sucked, uh, was, was quite good. And apparently that was Vinnie Mac's idea to bring up some new blood. So, But that's a whole other story. I will say one other thing. I am a little concerned about your affection for Cody. I think it might be going a little far, and you might need to talk to someone about this. You know what? That's a great idea. So when I go to Vegas, I'm going to talk to Cody about my affection for Cody, and I'm going to see what he thinks I should do about it. But we jumped jumped right in there, so let me say, 
Uh, I wanted to start the show by saying this uh, episode was brought to you by Power Slam TV, where you can get a free month if, if you uh, sign up using uh, the code Social Suplex. PowerSlam.tv has uh, is an online source of independent wrestling. Uh, everyone on Social Suplex uh, is very much happy uh, users of this uh, of use, users of this website. So give it a chance. Um, I just wanted to get that out there because we got it. We jumped right on into it, you know. Heck and yeah, that, we did. And you, as you can see, there is a reason I we do podcasts together. I mean, he definitely matches me. He can talk. He can talk right there with me. And you hear the silky radio voice on the other show. I do refer to him as Silky Dave Brown because his voice was built for this. So uh, yeah, yeah. So that being said. Um, again, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, all the people that uh, actually participated in our contest earlier this month, we plan on doing another contest. It's going to actually start next week because a different programming note. I was supposed to have an interview with uh, one of our, another one of our Cody super fans. Her name is Tiffany from uh, uh, Tiffany Online. Her uh, Twitter account is at All Elite Tiffany. And actually, her Twitter account name is Tiffany Elite, of course. You know me, I'm a sucker for a great pun. So, yeah, she was awesome. We weren't able to actually hook up on our schedule. We actually had to move it around a couple times, so I couldn't get her on this show, which would have been a perfect show because, you know, there's not a lot of new Elite news this week. But uh, we're going to do our best to get her on next show. Yeah, so I'm curious about that. I wonder what her handle was before All Elite came around. Star Wars Tiffany. She was at Star. She is a Star Wars super fan and a Elite super fan. I'm actually going to talk to her about that uh, in the interview. Like it's through. Like I said, I think I've said this before, and I'm not going to go too far into it again. Uh, but like, I thought I was a huge Cody fan. Like you know, I met Cody like five or six times. Again, I flew in and out. Yes, uh, to say mine is only a drop in the bucket when I compare it to her. She exceeds me in every level when it comes to being a Cody fan. Cody actually knows and remembers her, which he does not with me. You know, it's like, hey man, it's nice to meet you. Yep, just met you two weeks ago, but hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I saw Tiffany's page. It is she's all Cody all the time. It is uh, lots of Cody. She loves the Cody. People love the Cody. Yes, um, yeah. It, Cody is polarizing. Cody is like LeBron. Generally, you don't find many people that have a middle opinion on Cody. You so, either love Cody or you hate him. And which is funny, I'm. I think he's fine. I don't have a strong opinion about Cody either way. I think what he has done in his post-WWE career is is great. And I think he's going to be an example for a lot of people who either leave WWE or are thinking about it or just showing uh, you know, the ways that you can do things and still be successful outside of the, the monster. Um, but So I, I want to ask, now did your, your – passionate love affair 
with the Codester. Was it always that way when he was, you know, in WWE when he was rocking that mustache and had the face thing, or was it when he left and eventually joined Bullet Club in Ring of Honor in New Japan? Is that when the uh, the the engorgedness of of your love for Cody came upon? No, it actually was WWE. Uh, to use a similar feeling, the way I feel about Drew McIntyre, I felt about Cody then. I thought he had, a, I thought he had a look. I thought he could work. I thought he could work on a mic. He was one of those people that could do everything. And as to use a baseball term, I call them five tool players. And you know the people that you know do everything well. You know, and I thought he was always one of those. And and uh, like my first thing is a picture was the Stardust. Uh, Stardust and the Stephen Amell uh, Rob Schomberger painting. I bought that in, you know, when he was, they were going to do the match at SummerSlam. And I bought that because I was a huge Cody fan. And I was a huge fan of Stardust and I was a huge fan, a fan of Green Arrow. So it was just like, that's the weird. I was a fan of the Stardust character. And I wasn't really a fan of the character. I was a fan of how he played it. Uh, every character they gave him, whether it was dashing Cody Rhodes or a member of the Legacy, he gave it his all. And you could see there was this extra energy about him. every character that he played, everything that he did in the WWE. It was just like you could see that he was giving it main event effort, even though he wasn't in the main event. And that's what, I mean, that's what I saw. Some people might not have. Some people might be like, he hated every character he would in there. No, I, I just saw the effort there. And, like, I've always thought Stardust could have been way more, way more than they uh, did. I thought they stopped short on Stardust. I thought Stardust could end up being a major foil for John Cena. And, uh, you know, like, that real true rivalry that John Cena, like, needed you know, and, you know, test his character type thing, so I've always been a Cody fan, but when they, when your favorite, when the wrestler you're rooting for loses so much, no matter how hardcore you are, it's kind of hard to really, you know, root for them, you know what I mean? It's funny you mention that, and we'll, I promise folks, we will get to all things elite here uh, momentarily, but I've kind of had that same feeling about the Undisputed Era lately. They talk all this, you know, talk we're the best, we're the best, and Roderick Strong jobbed out this week. I mean, it's like they're losing left and right. Now, granted, they're losing to big, like, main event level people, but it's still, it's like, when man, is the When is the last time Adam Cole won a match? It's been a while. It and maybe maybe with the fact that it looks like you know Alistair Black, Ciampa, Gargano, and Ricochet are all about to probably after WrestleMania will be main roster full time. Maybe at that point it'll be when when Adam Cole and company can finally move up and become you know, the people on the show. Cause I could, I could see maybe something you know, after sometime after WrestleMania, you could finally get the moment where all four of those guys have gold and it needs to happen soon. Cause they're, cause poor Roddy did not get a great response when he came out. Um, and, and maybe it's the fact that bless his heart. He's the least charismatic of that four. Uh, and, and that, you know, just real quick, another aside, that match with uh, Alistair Black, not that great. It was fine. Gentleman's three, 
nothing to write home about. It was meh. I was just like, I expect more out of you guys. But eh. anyway, I digress. Yeah, that's that's a lot of wrestling that we you know we don't get to talk about because again, the the show's not till May twenty fifth. So it was one of the things I actually led into is when when we started the show that there was going to be light news weeks, and this is a light news week. Even on being the elite, a lot uh, which we're about to discuss now, a lot of their stuff was stuff that already was recorded in Vegas a long time ago. There was no real new material recorded. So it was just like, let's all the stuff we recorded, let's put it together, then and present it. But it really wasn't anything new. You get what I mean? You watched. Oh it. yeah. You watched yes. it. It was just like you could see a lot of the stuff was either before the double or nothing event that already had happened, or it was what happened after the double or nothing event. So that is uh. That is definitely, like I said, didn't mind you going off on a little bit of a tangent there, because like I said, we don't have really a lot to talk about. We're gonna start. Um, we're gonna start first uh, with our review of this week on BTE. Um, you uh, you watched the show, of course, and then I have my notes here. So we start with Cody and the Bucks together, and Cody tells a joke. Uh, he tells the end of a joke. It wasn't really a joke. And then they all high-five each other one. And then the Yeti is there. And he gets a high-five. And he looks like he was about to try to give them a hug. Um, yeah, what did you think of this segment? I didn't really understand what was going on here. So, okay. Um, and this, I might end up just kind of giving overall thoughts here. Um, but... This is the first episode of, of Being the Elite I've ever actually watched in full. Um, my takeaway from this is there's a ton of inside jokes that I didn't understand. I didn't I, like that opening segment. It was like you came in the middle of something and then it ended and I was like, what? And the whole Yeti thing, I was like, is that the guy from Tough Enough who got fired? I don't understand what's going on. I... I'm thinking this show is not for me and maybe I need to go back and watch older episodes. Maybe it's something, maybe it's like Seinfeld. You have to get to know the characters before, or like the office. You really need to get to know these people before any of it makes a lick of sense. Cause I watch this and I love all these for the most part, you know, these folks that I know, I love them in the ring. I love the young bucks. I love Kenny. I, I love SCU. They're all great. Um, but I'm watching this, I'm like, huh, this is kind of stupid. Well, let me tell you, that first segment, and this might make me the worst Elite fan, fan ever, went completely over my head, and I didn't get it. So, you weren't, you weren't, uh, you weren't, uh, you weren't alone. I've watched most of the episodes of the show, especially since Cody uh, got on the show. So, I, I feel like I got a pretty good... Uh, gauge of the inside jokes I didn't get this one it's probably freaking obvious and there's from an elite fan that's listening is like how are you hosting a show and you didn't get that joke so, well I didn't get it so I apologize uh, but yeah so Dave yeah but I would say go watch it all I don't think this was a great episode for you to start in because like I said it was a lot of kind of all previously recorded almost reused material to a point so it was like 
I'm not saying it was a bad episode by any takes. I did definitely laughed at a lot of certain points, but it was just not an episode I would have started you on. Uh, th- this newest season started right after, technically, if you wanted to uh, break it down, the seasons started like after All In. So, you know I mean, you wouldn't even have to go that far back to maybe till September. And the shows generally don't last longer than 15 minutes. And I know you are an infamous binger. So that would be fun to do. You could uh, <laughs> you could uh, catch up on that pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, like the, the episodes aren't very long. You know, it's funny you say uh, I'm an infamous binger. I've actually stopped binging stuff. For example, when um, Runaways Season 2 came out, I purposefully did not watch more than one episode at a time. I, I spread it out. I watched it after work, after dinner, and I watched like one episode a night on purpose because I hate that feeling after you binge something. You're like, what now? And if you slow it down and you spread it out, even when you're done, you don't get that, that empty in your pit feeling. Well, I will say there's always so much more for me to watch. I never get that feeling. It's almost like when you have 10 books to read, right? Like you think about each each show is a book. I just move on to the next book. Like I'm watching Daredevil now. I know a lot of people have already watched it, but I've watched so much. I watch so much stuff. I'm just now watching Daredevil. I still have Punisher to go. And this new show called Umbrella Academy. So I don't get that empty feeling. The only problem I have with binging, I don't really recognize episodes. So when someone's talking about episode four, well, I watched three, four, and five all at the same time. Right. So it was just one glob of television to me. It yeah. wasn't. And it, there wasn't like, oh, episode four, this happened. I am going to throw a shout out to the show called One Day at a Time. Uh, it's it's one of the funniest it has that old old school funny sitcom and it's super woke not really something i really need in my tv shows but it is it is it's like they discuss a lot of things that you wouldn't think to discuss on a tv show because they're really serious but they do it in a funny way so you can understand it i don't want it to get canceled that's the only reason i'm bringing it up because i want everybody to watch it so even if you press play and mute muted in the background just let it play i'll take that <laughs> and that's the show that is it's a remake of that show from the 80s yes okay and anyway, like i said it's very very funny to me and like i'll have I to said, check it out like that's I one said, thing i oh sorry go ahead i was like say like i said it's kind of super woke and some episodes it's like oh my god to me even like they have the segments but if you wait like two more minutes they get right back to being funny Okay. Yeah, one thing I really have always enjoyed about Blackish is the way that they are able to have social commentary mixed in with the humor. And they do such a great job on that show. Uh, and, and the the thing I love about that show is they make fun of everybody. They're they're just as critical on you know on every single community. It doesn't matter. They'll they'll rip into all of them. And I I just love that. Equal opportunity. Yeah, my favorite episodes of Blackish is when they actually delve into black the black community because not just how it affects it but pretty much complaining about the black community because it's just something somewhat i i identify with you know being african-american otherwise you know wait 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 you're 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 black 
I don't. It's funny. Some people say it comes out really hard, like they can really tell, and then some people say they can't tell at all. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know which one. Just making sure. I was gonna say I don't know which one it is. Uh, (laughs) I was like I I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like I haven't known you for like almost fifteen years or anything. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. So uh, on the next segment, uh, back to the show. Cody brings MJF uh, bison steaks. Cody leaves, and MJF throws the stakes away, makes fun of Cody's hair, and then teases Pharaoh because he's a superheel. And, you know, you know you're a superheel when you uh, tease a dog. Uh, Cody comes back, half, uh, half he ate the stakes, gives him an AEW high five, and walks away. MJF, MJF flips him off. So, what did you think of What do you think of MJF, sir? I don't, I have not had a whole ton of exposure to him. I, like, as far as, like, in-ring, the only thing I've ever seen was the match he had with Matt Cross at All In. And, Speaking and, of, I still have a Matt Cross shirt for you. Oh, yeah, I need to. We need to get, we'll, we'll be getting together soon as we take a trip to Dallas. Uh, are you going to Fan Expo, too, right? Of are we both going to? Of okay. course. How are you going to? I'm driving you. Okay. Just making sure. Just making no, sure. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be super fun. That is, that is. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, the uh, so in ring, that's the only exposure I have. Needless to say, he did not impress me in ring. His character work, from what I've seen, little clips here and there, and then that from this is very good. He is he's great at being that just complete dickhead heel, and he reminds me of oh god, who is that character on Leave It to Beaver? Um, the one who did Eddie Haskell. Yes, he's Eddie Haskell. Yes, uh, 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 we just aged ourselves really, really hard on that one. So, yeah. I'm so guessing... Eddie Haskell <laughs> is the guy who is, and and everyone knew these these kids growing up. The kid who's the complete shithead until the teacher is looking, and then is all nice and and is so charming to the teacher or to the adults. And as soon as they turn around, they're punching you in the arm. Yes, yeah, so that's definitely him. Uh, they, I mean, honestly, it's it's funny. Uh, I would have never thought to compare him to them. A lot of people they they say they remind him of a young Cody because you know you know that's kind of how Cody gives off that uh, image or whatever. But most importantly, MJF MJF is uh, old school. He is an old school heel. He lives the gimmick. I love that about him. I, I mention that all the time about how much I love that he lives the gimmick. And with BTE and the the elite people in AEW, you kind of know it's gonna pay off. You know they're not just doing this to doing this to do this. Uh, this MJF is gonna pay off. This is gonna pay off in some way. So I am looking forward to him because he's kind of like the bully. He is the bully. He's the bully of the elite crew, you know, even though he's not in the elite, but he's the bully of AEW right now. So, uh, so I, I, I did I did laugh. He said something about uh, his hair looking piss colored. I laugh at that one. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, he was like right in the dog's face. Pharaoh's a well-behaved dog. So, so a lot of dogs would not, you know, deal with people being in their face like that. Yeah, now, now where does, if someone wanted to see more of MJF, is he on any promotions? Uh, he that is are, on MLW, so MLW. on YouTube, it's free. 
you can pre he was on from the very beginning. He was the middleweight champion for a long time. He had a pretty big gimmick with Joey Janela. So definitely can see him on there. But he okay. was like working a little bit everywhere. And to me, like I said, he's an okay entering worker. But again, I've brought this up on other shows I've worked on. To be a heel heel these days, you have to have nothing of healing about you. So his work style actually plays into his character. Right, exactly. Whereas someone like Pac, uh, which we'll talk about on the, in the next segment, it's a nice little uh, segue. Uh, Pac is a guy who is uh, who's a heel, but his work is so good that it kind of draws you in. Yeah, it, um, it, 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 it almost, it like, you know, you'll be cheering for him even though you hate him because he's so good in the ring. Exactly. So, yeah, we get a clip of Hangman entering the ticket on sale party and his interaction with Neville. We've honestly seen almost all of this on other episodes of it. Uh, or actually, on the, I believe it's on the episode of Road to Double and Death and where we saw this. But it builds up the match. And, you know, Pac, they play Pac's part where he's the evil bastard Pac. And Hangman, of course, is the baby face of the company. And he plays it well. Uh, you know, he, he plays it well. It's, it's kind of funny right now that they have this kind of body shaming gimmick, you know, that's going on right now. Where it's like, oh, you can't be in full gear because you don't look as good as Pac. And that is hilarious to me because, you know, I'd give an appendage. You know, I'd give an appendage to look have a body like uh, Hangman Page. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like Hangman Page isn't like super handsome. And he's actually a better looking guy than, than Pac. Um, now, granted, Pac is, is uh, you know, Adrian Adonis chiseled kind of thing. Uh, or an Adonis chisel, not Adrian Adonis, because that was he was a fat man. Um, but yeah, Hangman, I would, you know, I would kill somebody. Well, no, not really. But I would love to look like Hangman Page. Yeah, Dude's no, no, I would, super track. I, I remember would kill that. someone. I would okay, literally yeah. kill. Hopefully, it's a bad person. I wouldn't kill a good person, but I would kill a evil person to look like Hangman Page. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so I remember when when he was in Ring of Honor and he was in the decade. And it was it was him and uh, Roderick Strong and Jimmy Jacobs and um, B.J. Whitmer, who is the most heelish of heels. A man, I you talk about heat. B.J. Whitmer got more like honest to God heel heat. Get go away. We hate you. Die than almost anyone I've seen in the last number of years in those old ROH crowds. But when he finally turned on the decade and turned on BJ Whitmer, it was you could just feel people were just ready for him to be a babyface. It was just they were like, oh yes. And then he, you know, he he joined the Bullet Club and he went heel again. So I think it's now it's building him back up. I basically the the point is. Um, I see him as a great baby face because he's he's always had it in him. You saw that that potential right there in Ring of Honor when he turned on the decade. Uh, you saw that just about to happen, and they didn't quite go with it. And and AEW is going to go with it. And I think that that he's going to be. I mean, he is going to be the ace. I like how they're 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 putting it that way. That that he his goal is to be the ace of this company. So I like that they're still using terms that are used in Japan. Uh, so that that's kind of cool. Um, 
um, he's such a baby face, he needs two heels. Not only does he have Pac as a heel, Cody, in essence, is his heel. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's going to be really interesting long term to see how this breaks down. Because right now, you know, you've got the you've got the elite guys and they're all buddy buddies that can't last forever. And that once this becomes a full blown company and they have weekly TV and they're not just, you know, kind of depending on this YouTube series to get everything passed at some point. You know, there's going to be uh, turns. They're, these these folks are going to turn on each other. Uh, they're going to have to. Otherwise, either that or the roster is just going to need to grow a lot. Uh, and it's still so new that, of course, the roster is going to grow. That is obviously coming. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. An advantage AEW has with me, I don't know how many fans are like this, they pay off their storylines like with All In so well that I'm not worried about that. I they they have the benefit of the doubt from me. I'm I'm just I'm like even as a person that does the show, I you know I'm gonna guess and I'm gonna make my predictions and I'm gonna do that and we're gonna cover what happens afterwards. But for me, it's just fun to kind of let it happen right now. We're growing with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they so they got my trust right now. I mean, they can take it, they can make it go away. Believe me. Like I said, as the WWE did, I'd say three or four years ago. You know, it was like, you know, I was WWE. You know, I was watching everything NXT and all that stuff. And for me personally, the product started not being good, so I had to go outside of WWE to find other products. That is how I really discovered New Japan, ROH, Progress, all the other companies I watched. So when people ask, they were like, well, you know, kind of." I was telling a loyal WWE fan last week, I'm like, the only reason I exist in my, uh, in my current iteration is because of the WWE. They let me down so much. I was like, you know what? This food sucks. Let me try something else. Which is good. I mean, it's it's good that you were able to get opened up to the broader world of wrestling. And this is this is one of those times that right now is a great time to be a wrestling fan because there is so much out there and it is relatively easily available. Um, and, and that's great. And it's it's great. That's one of the great things about uh, All Elite Wrestling is that it is giving folks another place to work and um, like i said i will never quit watching wwe raw smackdown nxt i just have more watch wrestling to watch i you know i was up overnight and i watched i watched uh the one of the ring of honor shows in japan uh i was watching those shows i watch everything so it's like i said and i'll give my true opinion on everything but the elite is where my heart lies right now one thing, though, I do love, it cracks me up, and I, I've heard it on both of your shows, uh, is that sometimes you kind of have this almost defensive, like, I'm always going to watch WWE, don't get, like, you're, you're kind of defending yourself to the WWE fans, like, don't get me wrong, I'm always going to keep watching this, 
I just, I always find that funny. I was going to say, yeah, and it's funny because I am kind of defending myself because I don't want it to ever come across like, if you ever hear Cody in an interview and you ask him about WWE, he never has a bad word to say about and no, because I mean he's smart and he left on good terms. He he just yes. My understanding is he's like, hey, can I go? Yes. And um, with with my handling of WWE, Cody's kind of my north star. You know what I mean? He is yeah. my direction. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to sit and bash WWE. To me, that is a negative. You're putting negative energy out there. That is a waste of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I do see that, but also if you are frustrated with something, I don't think it's a waste to express your frustrations and get that out and vent. Because if you just hold that in, that's not healthy. And that's true, but there's like, for me, there's 100, 200, 100, 200 at least shows that shit on the WWE all the time. Well, I don't listen to that many, so... Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, if you want to, you can always find a show that shit on WWE. I am... my In my essence, I try to be different. I want to focus on what I do like. I'd rather tell you about the food I do like than focus on all my time on the food I don't like. Yeah. yeah. And I know, that, of, I know that's weird. No, no, <laughs> that, that's actually... It's very... Uh, it's it's nice. It's a nice change of pace. So, what did you think of this next segment showing Kenny backstage getting ready for his big reveal at the um, the ticket? Thing? Yeah, yeah. I you know this is very much something we've seen already, and it was just kind of showing his excitement. He was like, "Yeah, I, basically they were like, do you think everyone already knows?" And he was like, "Yeah, it seems like. Well, of course everyone already knew." <laughs> It was like, okay, like I even, even this, it's like out of all the like, uh, segments that I broke down, it was just one sentence. Kenny was backstage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I did, I thought it was really interesting that in that interview with Meltzer, which I did not listen to, I have only heard about through other shows, but he mentioned that, uh, or not Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan's was the least appealing of the three offers that were on the table. Um, I just, that was fascinating. I mean, it, it, when it comes to New Japan, uh, I think he, I mean, like he said in the interview, he had done everything he could do there. Yeah. I mean, it would just be like, he, he and, but Okada was the ace. You know what I mean? Okada right. was going to always be the ace. Okada was Gato's boy. You know, that that was the, you know, him and Tanahashi rebuilt the company. So, Omega was never going to be placed above Okada. Omega and Ibushi, you know, might have got a main event here and there, but it was going to always be go back to being Okada's show. Right. And it in a way, it does kind of make sense, because I could see from their point of view where they're like, okay, I think he probably, they, they probably looked at it thinking, we've done just about everything we can with this guy. He's done everything he can. He f- probably feels like he's done everything he can with us. He's got these other opportunities. Why? Let's just, he wants to go do something else. Let's help him along. And let's make him a you know a reasonable offer, but knowing that he's not going to pick us because the, one of these other two offers are going to be so much better. Yeah, and I, I think it comes down to th- they like him. Th- they may even love him. But they didn't think he was irreplaceable. 
Right. I don't think they think anyone is irreplaceable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is that is something that becomes really apparent because every, every time in the last few years they've had a whole bunch of people leave, they've been able to just slide someone right into that spot. Uh, AJ Styles leaves, here's Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega leaves, here's Switchblade Jay White. You know? I it, just, I do think, I think not having a, a current raking relationship with AEW will hurt their western expansion it it was yes i think it will because a lot of that was your bullet club fans and a lot of the bullet club fans are have transferred over to being now elite fans because you don't see bullet club shirts at shows there was a time you turned on nxt you turned on raw or smackdown and large swaths of the crowd especially nxt had some variation of a Bullet Club shirt on. You don't see that anymore. Uh, Bullet Club definitely is not what it was. And, I mean, at this point, I think Tomatonga is the only original member of Bullet Club left. Bad, bad luck folly, right? Yeah, and yeah, I think the, the Tongans, the Tongan crew, are the only originals left. But everyone else is gone. So, in a way... In a way, it's almost a good time to retire Bullet Club or have it just morph into completely something different, which they're kind of doing. Uh, but yeah, I think it will hurt their expansion in the U- United States a bit. Um, but I think we're going to see, you know, I think Ring of Honor might actually step up and and try to bring some stuff in there. I mean, Ring of Honor won a bidding war for Bandito, for Pete's sake. And and after other, I mean, my understanding is is MLW worked their butts off to get him. Uh, WWE made a, a reasonable offer, and the Ring of Honor offer was better. So I think the expansion might not go as well in the United States immediately as they had hoped. Had they have a working relationship with AEW, but you know, loyalty is something very important when Japan. And Japan has had a long-standing relationship with Ring of Honor, and I think they're going to stick with that. And I think that is admirable. It would have been really super crappy for the second that the uh, WrestleMania weekend show is over and, and that they drop Ring of Honor and go with AEW because AEW is the new shiny thing. Say what you will about the about Ring of Honor's expanse, but they have been around for over 15 years. AEW hasn't run one proper show yet. I mean, yes, we can we'll eventually count all in as part of what they do. They have not run a show. They have not done TV. They are still a new proposition. They, it is probably going to succeed and do very well. It could also fall flat on its face. And um, so New Japan could look at this for, as from the point of view of, okay, well, we can stick with the people that we know have have a solid um, foundation, or we can go with this company with these guys we've worked with for a, for a number of years, but are doing this new thing. So where does our loyalty lie? And they they went with the the company that they've worked with for a number of years and has been a great place for excursions and uh, and so yeah, I, I don't I don't blame them for that. Maybe short term it's going to have some some negative impact long term i think they're going to be fine i and just again it's not me hating on anyone again i'm all about the positivity but i think the new york madison square garden 
garden show is ROH's ceiling. And I think that's the problem. I think Sinclair has, you know, put in what they're going to put in to ROH, and I think the show in New York is their ceiling. And I think AEW, even though it might fall on this face, its ultimate ceiling is higher than anything ROH could reach. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. But, I mean, Madison Square Garden, running that on WrestleMania weekend, selling it out, that's not a bad ceiling. Yes, but I want to say this. I mean, I'm not... I'm not throwing out any extreme, oh, controversial take. I mean, the elite sold out that building. Well, the I think it was a combination of New Japan, Ring of Honor, Bullet Club, all together. Yeah, I, I, and it's true because they were so interwoven into the companies. You know, Kenny Omega being one of the biggest stars in New Japan, Cody and the Bucks being clearly the biggest stars in ROH. I mean, they still don't have anything in ROH as what's considered a purely ROH property that touched what those three did and what the Hangman brought and what Marty brought. Uh, I mean, even though Marty's still there, he's not in that group. So, So that being said, they don't have anything to touch it. Yeah, yeah, and they need to. Uh, I, I this is where I'm going to 100% agree with the uh, voices of wrestling guys. They need to put the belt on Marty, and they need to uh, use him for as long as they have him. Build up someone else, and then have that person um, have Marty put that person over when he leaves, and eventually goes to AEW because we all 99.9% sure that's happening. Uh, and uh, they need to use his star power because he has star power. So you use the fuck out of it while you got it. Yeah, I would do something where like it looks like Marty's uh, Marty's the champion. Looks like he's about to leave, and Jeff Cobb comes out and beats him in like thirty seconds. Oh yeah, whoever whoever wins need it definitive, and they use that moment to really put over this new person. That's the way you do it. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Punk when he left. He was like, "Here, I'm going to sign my WWE contract on my ROH title." And they used that to build up, you know, someone else to build up his title reign and make it that much more important when he lost. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, not so good segue back to it. Uh, Kenny, uh, we get to Kenny in the back with the other EVPs. He asked for a schedule for the first match. A double or nothing promo shows up. <laughs> then he, uh, then he asks what shows after that. You know, and they and they stutter while they like well we got that show in may and it's double or nothing kenny then spouts they have no other dates other than may 25th and and, uh they show him the t-shirt and he's like this is all you've been showing me he's like uh you you know until you guys can show me a card you are nothing more than a t-shirt company you're selfish trying to get people to buy more t-shirts selfish and pathetic and yeah, you know, and then he says, "Of course, I'm still gonna sign. I'm not overreacting." That was a direct shot at the internet wrestling community. I've heard all of those terms directly. I've seen people tag the dudes and put these statements in. Oh yeah, that was that was a complete shot. Though I will say, I thought this went too long, and they showed that graphic too many times. It was, it was they they actually fell into a trap WWE falls into the subtlety hammer again, borrowing another thing from VOW and they just kind of beat you over the head with it. Um, 
See, so that it was South Park to me. I mean, not South Park. Excuse me, not South Park. Forget South Park. I meant Family Guy. You know, they make a joke that's too long. To me, and this, like I said, it's going to be different for everyone. Where you see where the joke is, it's you know it's funny at first. Then it goes to the point of not being funny, and then it goes to being funny again. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's so you know it. Sorry, we keep inter- interspersing just random things during this uh, being the elite rundown. Um, but it it just reminds me of of that. That one, there's a tweet that Dave Meltzer put out about saying, you know, who the basically someone had asked if Ring of Honor was still the number two company. And he had said, no, um, you know, AEW is the number two company, and then gave this, this rundown. And I want to say it was John Draper, who's one of the uh, co hosts on Wrestling Soup. Her, it was one of the Wrestling Soup guys, responded saying, this is why people aren't taking this crap seriously because you know Meltzer says stuff like this that where I can see where Meltzer is coming from because on the one hand you could make the argument that AEW is now the second most important wrestling company in the United States just based on solely what they have done and how the landscape has changed uh, and the ripple effects that have happened um, but it then, on the flip side, it is also kind of ridiculous to throw all this love and this praise on something that hasn't even happened yet. So it's like you need this kind of medium. And, of course, no one takes a medium reasonable ground on Twitter. It is all one thing or all something else. It's a bunch of GD zealots losing their freaking minds. So, of course, everyone blows up stupidity. Uh, but yeah, this whole segment pointing fun at that, I thought that part of it, I thought was great. Kenny's going off about the t-shirts and, uh, and then finally say, Oh yeah, well I'm going to sign it. Uh, I think what annoyed me is the, like the five times they broke into showing the, uh, uh the, Oh, the graphic for double or nothing. I was like, okay guys, we get it. Yeah. I kind of laughed at that part. Uh, also, I mean, I'll I'll say I try to be the man in the middle. Even you know I try to, like I try to see both sides of it. But I also bring this up. You have to cover uh, AEW like you've never covered anything else because you've never seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the problem, one of the sad problems, is when you try to be reasonable and in the middle ground, you don't get followers. Oh, uh, I didn't. I, I, I definitely, I definitely won't. I'm not. I'm not an extreme voice. Either way, I, I mean, I, I you know, I love them as much as anything. I'm planning on being at the show, uh, but yeah, I'm not going to be like WWE stupid and everybody else is stupid. AEW's taking over the world because you know, I mean, well, they, yeah, no, you can't do that because then you lose credibility. Yeah, they've because... sold they've sold a hundred percent of the tickets they had available though. That's something I can say yeah. about the company. I mean, I can that say. Is... They sell a shit ton of t-shirts. They do. That yeah. they do. So let's move on to this next segment, which I thought this was unbelievably stupid. Um, uh, I, and they I, pointed it out at the end of the segment. Yes, Penelope Ford <laughs> did just that. But this was, I mean, I, I'm not very familiar with Joey Janela. Um, I, I, I do know who Big Papa Pump is, and I have not liked him since he cut off his mullet. So I'm not a fan. This was just 
dumb. This is one that you had to watch the weeks before, and you still might not have thought it was funny. Joey Janela's injured, so he's been trying to do new different things. Uh, first, I think he tried to play football, and he sucked at that, and uh, and then somehow set himself on fire. Then he tried to be a construction worker, sucked at that, then set his other eye on fire. That's why he was blind. Then he tried to be a farmer, being blind and being a farmer. And he did that, and somehow he set himself on fire one more time. And that one, and then this led to this week, which is kind of the blow-off of it. Just because, you know, it's it, it, it's kind of funny, and it, it's, a, it's a so bad situation. So, in this case, Joey's in the locker room, and he's about to set up another fireball with flash paper. And Penelope says uh, that his fast pay, uh, fast flash paper or fireball addiction has caused a problem with their relationship, and that she has a new man. And it is the big, bad, booty daddy, big papa pump. He makes fun of him for being blind, because he says he was going to make a sex tape and send it to him. He's like, but you can't watch it, because you're blind. Uh, it was just so funny, because, you know, big papa pump's delivery on it. He's It's just so weird. And then Ford comes back, looks into the screen and says this by the way this bit sucks which i think all of us i think even the most hardcore being the elite fan agrees it wasn't a good bit yeah and i have to there's something really kind of gross and creepy about 50 some odd year old scott steiner talking about making a sex tape with however old penelope ford i'm assuming she's in her 20s maybe 30s this just it's like stop dude just stop you're not you're not attractive you're kind of gross and you need to go the fuck away i think I'm that's not. that's the appeal of the big bad booty daddy i think that's the oh. appeal it's just like you know you know i don't know i think he's hilarious i i'm like i want them to put i want them to put scott steiner in wwe's hall of fame just so he can have a live mic i i'm very entertained by him i never want to see him wrestle again but, yeah, if you want to just give him a mic and let him ramble for 10 minutes, to me, he reminds me somewhat of, like, almost like a the feel of you that you get from watching the NBA with Charles Barkley, that he's going to say something so ridiculous that it's just hilarious because they have no filter. So that's yeah, my they, appeal for Big Papa Pump. Okay. I can see that. The only way I think he should go into the WWE Hall of Fame is as part of the Steiner Brothers. Because they are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. There is nothing else about that man's career that is Hall of Fame worthy. He stinks. He was a WCW champion, I'm just saying. So is David Arquette. Yes. And he should be in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. He has has more of a right to be in there. Than, than Scott Steiner. Uh, it, it's Scott Steiner by himself. Big bad Papa Pump, Voodoo Daddy, whatever the hell he's called. You know, the with the the chainmail nonsense on his head. No, I want mullet Scott Steiner. That's the guy who <laughs> goes Scott, in. Scott, mullet Scott Steiner. That's, That's when he could actually move. That is Ryan's favorite. Uh, so we get two indie guys. They come up to Joey Ryan and ask him to introduce him to the Bucks and Cody. They kind of look around. He's like, man, I can put in a word for you. But he's like, we want to meet him in person. And it is funny because you could see this happening in, like, in a kayfabe world where, uh, yeah, every time Joey Ryan gets beat up, 
Cody or the Bucks show up to save him. So if you want to meet Cody or the Bucks, what do you got to do, Dave? You got to beat up Joey Ryan. You got to beat up Joey Ryan. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's actually a pro wrestling t-shirt that says, I beat up Joey Ryan. Uh, they then beat him up, hoping Cody and Bucks make the save. Scorpio Scott makes the save in his AEW hoodie. Yeah, which I've given away two of them on the show, which uh, definitely that's why you should listen even more because I give away free stuff. Uh, they make the save and get on, and he gets on them about getting beat up. He asked again what happens to that blonde girl that had your back. A call back to Candice LeRae. I'm imagining Joey Ryan's about to have a new blonde chick that has his back. I don't know who it would be, but it looks like somehow there he's about to have a new blonde chick that has his back. Yeah, because there's no way Candace is is leaving WWE. I think for uh, for AEW. I mean, she's she's got kind of a good thing going on right now. So, and who knows what her contract is? She just recently signed, so it's not like she's getting out. I do think it's it's a play, and they're going to introduce some new blonde that is going to be his partner. Um, yeah, yeah, and Candace. I don't even think she's blonde anymore. On the last NXT, I think she's brown. She has brown hair now. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure is her natural hair color. Yeah, uh, and most importantly, now I mean I could see Candice LeRae leaving. I would. I'm not saying I'm not one of those people that think everyone's going to AEW, but she is super underutilized in the WWE right now. Her character is Johnny Gargano's wife. And once, I mean, here, w- one thing that's going to do great for her is once Johnny Gargano is full time on the main roster, and she can focus on being ju- on being her in NXT. Because you're right, she is horribly underutilized. Um, and, and I think once there's some separation there, and that and she can have an identity that is just her own, it will be good for her. Yeah, um, or she will just disappear. And we'll never hear from her again. One of those two things will happen. Um, yeah, so that that's what happened there. Uh, Kenny says that he's working on something behind the scenes. They're going to crash another show. I, you know, I was very excited about this. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, then we go to the next segment. Uh, CD is in a chair getting his chip uh, tooth fixed. Scorpion Cass and the Bucks ask him to show them. They, they say, be a man, Hulk, which I thought was pretty funny. He smiles and shows them a gold uh, that it's a gold tooth. The dentist was a fan and wanted his mouth to look like the logo. He had, uh, Kaz asked, why didn't he just use Britt Baker? We have a dentist on the roster. <laughs> that was the best part of this whole thing. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I laughed at that one. I was like, that is just so true. And then Cody comes in and says, you look like a fucking idiot in his dry... He is the, he is the, he, he is a lot of times he is just like the one person that won't, will say what no one else is saying. I thought that, I just thought this whole thing was funny, uh, cause the chip tooth has been going on for a few weeks and, um, I just, I thought this whole thing was funny. So, um, but you said the funny part is, uh, the Britt Baker reference. Yeah, that was that was the best part of this whole thing. Yeah. So we get Kenny and the Bucks outside the building. They crash the show, and it happens to be a Backstreet Boys show, which I was so super jealous because if you listen to this show, I, I, I always say the BT is a boy band. So them going to see a boy band was kind of awesome. Uh, yeah, I know all the songs. Uh, I'm guessing Dave, and I know some of you might not be familiar with Dave. Well, Dave is a super music snob. 
So I'm guessing you weren't a Backstreet Boys fan. No, no, yeah, not really. Yeah, I no. mean, to, I, I, I honestly, I missed most of that because I didn't have kids at the time that they were, because they were kind of what, like 99, yeah. 2000. So, I mean, my, my daughter was born in 2000. So it was, there are a couple of their songs that I know. And there's the, the thing I think I know most about them is they were on an episode of Arthur and uh, it was kind of a big deal uh, for Arthur and apparently a huge pain to get them to do it uh, because their publicists were really worried about how they were going to look as animals. Um, but so that's kind of my what I know about them. That and the I do know that uh, Blink-182, their video for All the Small Things, was essentially a video that completely made fun of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC videos. And it was it came out at the perfect time, and that's the only reason that band ever got huge because Blink One Eighty Two is is uh, the definition of meh. The Blink One Eighty Two is the definition of meh. Okay, there you go. As I said, Dave is a music snob. Generally, only people he likes to listen to are the people that no one has ever heard of. You know, it's funny. There was an, a, a, a quick side note. There was an episode of Around the Ring where you kind of went on a rant about that. And I was like, I need to respond to this, but I never did. It, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's not – in some ways, yes, it is true. A lot but, of ways, yes, it is true. <laughs> but my favorite band of all time, and I do have to some, I have to defend this to some people, but my favorite band of all time, the band that changed my life and sent me down the road that I am still on to this day, is U2. U2 is one of the biggest bands of the last 30 years. Okay. I, and, I, so, and I will not dis- – I'm not saying – and I do speak in extremes when it comes to you, and I have no problem doing that because I, I go with the 80-20 rule. But that's like the only like big band that you like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I also I like REM. I do. I love Queen. Oh, uh, cool. Queen was outstanding. I'm a, I was a late comer to the Queen bandwagon, but yeah, their music is amazing. But yeah, yeah, okay. So you know, but then you like who, who's your favorite band now? Uh, well, I here I will I'll give you my top five because we we like the top fives here. You uh, two, uh, the replacements, uh-huh. Frank Turner, Beach Slang, and all. All right, and there's someone that probably listened to this show that probably just wet themselves because of how amazing your music list is. Me, I've heard of you two, and maybe beach slang you say so much random crap on your page i've i've heard of things that other people <laughs> haven't heard of i'm just saying it's just like dude dude it's like he's like oh yeah i'm going to this concert and it'd be like at this bar in oklahoma that holds like 200 people i'm like oh those are the best shows man the best it is it's it, going to a show for like five to ten bucks where it's you and you know maybe a hundred people in front of a band that is just playing their hearts out and it, it is such an intimate experience um it's there's nothing like it the only thing i don't like about some of those shows nowadays is if they're in places that allow smoking and i always leave that show feeling like i have strep throat uh, because smoking is disgusting well all in is my kind of show and takeovers I, I, I am in the middle ground. If you give me a hot crowd with, you know, 10,000 or more people in it, I'm happy. 
that's home. But, you know, like, Mania is too big, even though I still go to them every year. Uh, And indie shows kind of are too small for me. (laughs) Indie shows are based on the crowd. It is very much based on the crowd. If you got a... If a you, wrestling show is completely, you know, in so many ways determined by the crowd. Yeah, like I, I long to go to a progress show because their crowds are amazing. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. No, I mean, a perfect example of a crowd ruining a show was Monday Night Raw. Yeah, this, yeah. This week. That crowd sucked so bad. And, and, um, and, and what was an otherwise actually well-performed, well-put-together show to me. I enjoyed how yeah. it was put together. And people was like it was kind of a cluster. And I was like, well, I guess my ADD works as far as cluster because I thought it was excellent. Uh, I am, I'm critical of Monday Night Raw. I'm critical of Vince McMahon. But overall, that was a pretty decent show. There were a few segments that completely sucked and were awful. But there was more to enjoy than not to enjoy. But uh, that's a discussion for another time. Um, uh, Kenny and the Bucks had a great time at the Backstreet Boys concert. They did. Yeah, I wish uh, I could have that much fun. Uh, they were really into it. And it, it was funny because they zoomed in on this chick that was like, I don't know what's <laughs> so going weird. on here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Well, that's uh, got to be weird because you know one of them's holding a selfie stick with a phone. Yeah. And they're just being obnoxious you know, people, and you know, she's probably sitting there like, okay, I've heard the few, the five songs I really want to hear. What's up with these crazy white guys? And yeah, that, that look on her face was just tremendous. And they're outside, and the Bucks ask Kenny what's next. They say encore, and they do a jumping high five, and they go back to the show. Uh, at the Larry last segment is you see uh, Matt and Nick tech, uh, texting each other, how's your neck? And he's like, I booked us a plane, and it's a tease. To it looks like they're going to, they're going to pop into a, a Lucha Brothers show, which there's a lot of shows it could be. Um, a lot of shows it can be. Uh, they're actually doing a show tonight. It, it, it's uh, in Dallas, but uh, Joey Ryan and SCU's not there. So that's generally the thing, the string that holds it together. But it'd be a big surprise if they just show up at this little show uh, in Texas tonight. I was actually going to go to this show, but I never could find information on tickets, so I didn't end up going. Yeah. So, okay, so real quick question. Joey Ryan, he is not actually signed with AEW because of Lucha Underground. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. So he can do a pair appearance thing, but he can't sign an actual contract. Man, Lucha Underground needs to, uh, they, they just need to decide what they're going to do and let these poor folks go. Because it, it's, they either need to start on season five or they need to let these people out of their contracts. And I know they're getting sued right now, but I'm thinking of, like, in my head, the, the first, if I was, you know, AEW or who I would want them to sign. The, the three names that immediately pop into my head are all Lucha Underground people in Matt Cross, uh, Ivelisse, and Angelico. Are, I think those are the ones that, you know, you, any promotion would be crazy not to, to pick up. Uh, and it sucks that they're all stuck in these weird-ass TV contracts that are making it so hard to do anything. And the production company, I know they, they want to keep going, I suspect, but they just need to just say, screw it, we're done. We just, we can't, and, and be done with it. Yeah, and it's like one of those things, I kind of blame them for the people for signing horrible contracts, but at the time, they weren't as famous. 
So they were just trying to get paid. You know? Oh, yeah. No, and at the time, I mean, you got to remember, this was five years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and the wrestling landscape was dramatically different. Yeah, I didn't know. Five who, years ago. I didn't know who Pentagon or Ray Phoenix was at that time. Oh, no. No, and Pentagon and Ray Phoenix have their entire careers – the research, the the explosion that they've had is all because of Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground season one, the the excitement that was behind, especially Pentagon. Um, yeah, they owe Lucha Underground a, a a real debt, but Lucha Underground is not going anywhere, and they need to give it up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let 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 our people go. You know what I mean. Yep. <laughs> this week on AEW, uh, the, uh, this week is the Road to Double Nothing episode four. These shows only eight minutes long, so I I should be able we should be able to fly through this. You won't get a what fifty minute review. <laughs> well, what's going to help is I did not watch this. So All right, so to make it easier. Yeah, Cody gives the state of the sellout and the, uh, the stats of the sellout: eleven thousand six hundred tickets. There were forty three people. 43,000 people in the queue, all 50 states, nine countries. I know that off the top of my head just because I don't even have that in the notes, as you can see. But I know that stuff off the top of my head. I've seen it so much. Um, th- we uh, get a segment talking about the overall budget battle royal. And Cody tells how this battle royal is different from other battle royals. And... And he says there's a there'll be a great incentive an incentive that he can't talk about. But the over the budget battle role is returning to double or nothing. So then we get to meet the star Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss talks about his journey into wrestling, being openly gay. He feels his responsibility to stand up for the LGBTQ uh, people in wrestling. He tells he's uh, he was talking about how he's being told people look up to him. I had never seen him wrestle. Uh, if you go to AEW's Twitter, they put a, a getting to know uh, Sonny Kiss, which I think is you know excellent idea. But from every person I know that I respect in wrestling that's seen him work, they say he's kind of amazing in the ring. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And it's going to be a different take on things because, you know, Goldust... You know, we had a, a the adorable Adrian Donis, Goldust. We have flamboyant characters, you know, in the past. Uh, so double team dream. Uh-uh. Currently, yeah. yeah. So you got you had that, but he, I mean, I believe Sonny kisses. Uh, it's more of who he is, in essence. So it's going to be more natural, and it's going to be unique, as in something we've never seen. Because you know. Most of those people are playing characters, right? He's just being himself. Yeah, that'll be. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what Sunny Kiss is all about because I know nothing about Sunny Kiss. Yes, and like I said, it, I I plan on doing an episode very close to Double or Nothing, where I really go through the roster and kind of I've watched a lot of it, you know, watch video of these people and kind of give my best synopsis of everyone on it almost like a getting to know you type thing but i feel like you know doing something in february for a show in may is like by the time i if i tell you everything about sunny kiss now you won't know it by the time the show starts you'll forget (laughs) so uh i'll just wait till closer to then then we introduce kip sabian he is a, a british wrestler he trained with the knight family which is the family of Paige. 
uh, and he got put into the over. I call it the OBBR by Cody, because uh, I don't want to say over the budget battle royal all the way out every time. So you'll hear OBBR quite often. Okay, so, that's what that means. I was like, what is that? Yeah, I just don't want to keep writing out over the budget battle royal. <laughs> so uh, he was put in by Cody. Uh, this sticks to the theme that uh, was presented by Tony Khan and Cody that they're looking for fresh wrestlers. I watch progress. I watch independent wrestling. I mean, you know, a lot of wrestling in the UK. I've seen him work before. He was nothing to write home about, but I've seen a lot, a few uh, YouTube clips since this day, and I'm like, he's really good. Uh, he seems very intent on being successful. Uh, he seems very hungry, so I am rooting for him to be well. Uh, uh, do, rooting him for him to do well. But the greatest thing, again, he's from the UK. That gives you Jimmy Havoc from the UK and him. They are building an international roster, which is amazing. Then you get Brandon Cutler talking about his journey. Now, if you don't know, Brandon Cutler is a, a friend of the Bucks. He also worked for Pro Wrestling from Hollywood. Apparently, he, he was in the last year's Over the Budget Battle Royal. So he's going to be in the Over the Budget Battle Royal again. He talks about how he took a seven-year break from wrestling, and he's coming back to provide a life for his family. It's pointed out that his wife did like all the like seven people's costumes for All In, and he calls no he refers to them as a a power couple. And then again, he reiterates that he's doing this to give them a better life, which you know having the Bucks as friends don't hurt anything. I'm not saying Brandon's not a great wrestler. I actually watched a few videos that were sent to me by other people, uh, and yeah, I think he's a really talented guy. Uh, but you know. Again, having the Bucks' friends doesn't hurt anything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Like, hey, I have friends that have helped me get bigger in the podcast situation. And it's people that I've brought on into wrestling. It's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so and then we get Jericho's promo. Have you heard? Did you ever watch Jericho's promo on Twitter? I did, yes. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing promo. Like... If you gave promos five stars, I gave that promo a five star. I I just it, it it's one of those things. I am not a person that gets chills from things. I don't. But if I did, that promo would have gave me chills because it had me hyped the rest of the day after watching it. Yeah, I mean it was fine. Um, it's just a perfect heel promo. It's just like you take facts and you skew them to uh, suit your own. Uh, suit your own agenda. I know you probably like you hate politicians, but it was such a political promo. Oh no! From from that standpoint, it was. I just have this thing where I look at to me, Chris Jericho is kind of pathetic. Um, he is this old man that is so trying desperately hard to hold on to youth, and he thinks he's still super sexy. And um, I've heard rumors he might have hair plugs. And he thinks he's this big rock star, which I don't, I don't, does anyone actually listen to Fozzie? Let me ask that. Does anyone actually listen to Fozzie? Absolutely. If you do. Absolutely. They're booked all the time. And the Judas song has so many views on YouTube. So I, and I actually huh. like that song. So, I mean, so yes, there are Fozzie fans. Interesting. See, see to me, I'm just like, 
okay, old man, stop. Yes. You just, it's, and maybe that's part of his gimmick. He's this guy, he doesn't realize he needs to let, let it all go. And he's not as cool as he thinks he is. Um, Because to me, he's just like, he's an old hair metal guy. He's like fucking Vince Gill, or not Vince Gill, um, the dude from Motley Crue or, or, or the guy from Poison, Brett Michaels, who surprisingly looks a lot like Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, it's, it's, or even help Shawn Michaels, you know, it's just like, stop. Well, Shawn Michaels has given up. So Shawn Michaels does not think he's sexy anymore. No, thank <laughs> God. No, but, uh, Judas official music video, 27 million views. Um, it's no accounting for taste. Uh, again, you're a music snob, so you really hate him because he does music that you have that you don't like. But you know, he he, he does his thing. I mean, and just to use an example, a song that a song that um, you know that's not played every time he comes out to the uh, ring. It's called Painless. I've never heard of it. I don't listen to them. I just know people that do. It has five point two million uh, five point two million views. So it's not like just that one popular song had a lot of views. No, interesting. They have a fan base. He, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's super successful, but he's moderately successful at this, and he tours and he's booked all the time. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So his, cock his, rock still lives. Yeah. So it's a thing. It's a thing. I like. I said. I mean, I'm not gonna defend. I de- like. I said. I defend people that like anything. I like. I said. I even defend you, but you you will crap on someone for liking some s- certain types of music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't care what you like. I'm. I'm. But I am not a super music guy. I'm like one of my favorite songs ever is Cody's thing. <laughs> you know, it's well, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's there. There was a thing on uh, this podcast, "The Future of What," which is a music business podcast run by this independent record label called Kill Rock Stars. It's really interesting, but they had this one guest on that was talking about music, and they said, "Look, there is, there's ten percent of of the population that are true diehard music people." that love it, that's their life and everything, and then there's 90% of everyone else that likes it for background noise. And will like some songs here and there, but it's like music doesn't change their lives kind of thing. No. And, and that, to me, I was like, yes, that makes perfect sense. That's why there is so much garbage that becomes so popular. Because people aren't looking for great quality. They're just looking for something to sound pretty in the background. And it also kind of uh, reiterates the point where there's a study about uh, pop music and how literally pop music has gotten stupider over the years. Where you look at the at uh, song structures, it's they've become less and less complicated. Uh, so they're they're literally dumber the 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 lyrics have become simpler more simplified less intelligent so yes pop music the stuff that gets played on the radio is actually dumber now than it was when we were kids well that was your music dave segment telling you all that you're stupid and you're you have shitty taste in music Pretty much. Now, uh, so now Floyd is never having me on the show again because I've just alienated all of the listeners. Dude, do you know how many people, I, and, and you know, honestly, how many people does Joe Lanza, one of, I listen to his show every week, so this is not me burying him. How many times does he make fun of wrestling fans a show? 
Oh my God. It's, I love, I absolutely crack up when he makes fun of the people who bring belts to shows. Yes. That but I'm just saying, and his show is still super popular. So you alienating people are probably making people listen instead of actually driving anyone away. Okay, well, good. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just saying, it's like, you know, when you talk about the internet wrestling community, it's the show everyone listens to, and then people will be like, I hate Joe Lanza, and then they're like, let me, t- did did you download today's episode? Did you hear what he says? And then you hear them making the points that you heard on the show, even though they <laughs> supposedly hate that guy. <laughs> I like Joe Lanza a lot. I, I, he entertains the hell out of me. I, he is very entertaining to me, and I like that I don't like him he is a heel to me he is a heel to me he is a perfect heel and that is why i like him that reminds me i need to see if the newest episode of vow is dropped yes it's like yeah i like i like great heels and i think joe lanza is a great heel because you know what when he's right he'll spend a while telling you how right he was oh yeah and he's not afraid to pat himself (laughs) when he's on wrong he's like he's like he's wrong he'll be like i'm wrong let it go (laughs) <laughs> and, you know and there's nothing wrong with it it, it works for him he does it and, it and it truly feels like that's who he is he feels like if you're his friend talking to him face to face he would be the same way and that's what you want that's what you want you want a genuine feel of who a person is i connect with joe lanza because i feel like if me and joe lanza were around each other he would be the same way he is on this show yeah and, that's, oh, yeah. and, and, and I will say that I I love his show, even though I used to hate it. I went through my points. I started listening and I was like, man, I don't know why I listen to him. This dude's such a dick. And then it was like, but he's right. And this is funny. And I really like I went a couple of weeks without listening to it and I missed it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those. I tell people that you that is a show you have to get to know the characters. It's it's like Seinfeld. It's like The Office. You have to. It's like Parks and Rec. To really enjoy it, you have to get to know their personalities. Uh, and yeah, I I remember because uh, it kind of sucked because for the longest time, most of my hot takes were stolen straight from uh from from voices of wrestling and then you actually started listening to it and i was like son of a bitch now i'm just gonna he's gonna know i'm just stealing their ideas darn it so, but well uh, yeah uh so they showed the joey uh they show it's uh cody back to the show cody's yeah. staring at jericho's doing this promo and the, the guy I always forget his name uh he says so cody he's like and he's like hold on i'm gonna need a minute because Cody was, like, seething at Jer- uh, Jericho's promo. And I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, my boy has an ego. My, my oh, boy, yeah. My boy, my boy uh, Cody has a bit of an ego. So, And I I can see at some point there will be a Cody-Jericho feud, I think. Um, and, and speaking of, so Jericho, um, Jericho Omega 2 happens. Uh, are you thinking Jericho goes over in this one at Double or Nothing? I think based on some shenanigans. I don't think he straight goes over. I think there's some shenanigans that happen. And, and, you know, and I think that's perfectly great. Chris Jericho is the top heel in the company right now. I mean, I mean, in a company that doesn't have a lot of heels, you got Jericho, you got Pac and you got MJF right now. I mean, somebody else is going to have to play the heel. 
but uh, someone they're going to have to develop more heel characters. I think they're trying to build Nyla Rose kind of up as a heel, but uh, that's about it. I mean, there's not a lot of heels in a super popular company, so you do need you're going to need the heel and face dynamic. Cody, of course, eventually is going to be one of your top heels because he's Cody. I mean, right? I mean, honestly, even as I mean, as someone that kind of worships the person to a point. He's a better heel than he is a face. Oh, yeah. And I could even see maybe Cody is the one who helps Jericho beat Omega. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it's one of those things I could see that. And I could see the character that Cody's saying is the person that Cody's saying is personal and he's going to fight could be end up being someone everyone else loves, you know, because right. Cody, Cody carries that chip on his shoulder and it could be positive. <laughs> Like the NWA match with uh, uh, Nick Aldis, or it can be negative, like the shit with uh, Kota Bushi and Kenny. It, that chip goes both ways. Exactly. All right. Well, so we got a few other little notes yeah, before we get say, out of here. Yeah, as I was say, this this all the rest of it's going to be fairly quick. Uh, Double Nothing released a few hundred tickets on, I believe it was Tuesday. Cody just did it; they sold out immediately. I believe so, you can go to Access and buy the premium tickets. What those are is uh, tickets that uh, MGM Grand bought and then are selling as premium tickets. I think there's a few of those left. They are more than what the normal ticket costs. Like I thought, I think some are like 600 a ticket, which is geez. more than the first row slot. You know, my tickets that I bought were premium tickets, and I got them for 275 a piece. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So what do you, I heard on, it was probably everything elite, uh, a theory that, cause they, as they released these, this new section is that they already have, they kind of have in mind the production setup and are periodically going to continuously release more chunks of seats. Um, and that's all being done on purpose and is planned. Uh, one, do you think that is possible? And two, do you think that is a good idea or a bad idea? I think it's absolutely possible. I think it's a great idea. And that's why I keep telling people not to buy scalp tickets. Yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, until they say it's absolutely sold out, we're not releasing any more tickets. Keep taking, keep shooting your shot. Because what's going to happen is if those scalp tickets sit there long enough, the prices will come down. Yeah, I agree. I think it is. I think it, I think it, they did kind of set that up. And now, some one of the the show that I heard this on, they were questioning whether or not this was essentially done in kind of a nefarious way. And I don't think it was. I think it was more along the lines of, well, let's let's block this off because in case it doesn't sell out, then we don't. Have, it's already blocked off. We don't have to worry about it. If it does sell out, we can you know we can use this as a way to keep hype going and um and who knows because they might product who knows what the production setup is going to be like so yeah i just thought that was an interesting interesting bit but when uh, i suspect every time they release a section of tickets they're going to sell out within minutes yeah and and, it, and that's how it is i mean people are online you know already selling and taking advantage of whoever they can you know as far as wanting tickets i mean it's it's a hot show so, right. I mean, it, it makes sense, like I said, but I still say, if you're a person out there that haven't got a ticket and you want a ticket, book everything. Just wait. And then what's going to happen 
And it's something you can count on. I count on it. I have not. I'm going to WrestleMania. Got my hotel. Everything paid for. Don't have a WrestleMania ticket. Because when I get into the city of New York, someone's going to have an extra WrestleMania ticket they need to get rid of. It's just the way it is. Someone's going to cancel last minute. Someone's going to do something. And with All In, I was basically giving away tickets by the time the show started. Yeah, sorry about that. That's... That's my fault. People canceled, and I was giving away tickets. I couldn't sell it. Nobody wanted to buy it. I gave it away, and then the dude didn't even show up. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but uh, so um, uh, other news: Perfect Ten. Uh, Ty Dillinger asked for his release from the WWE. Doesn't don't know if he was granted it. Granted, but he wanted it out there before any speculation came out. Rumor has it he has to be sitting back to NXT to help people develop. He was told no. I mean, basically, they wanted him on the road or whatever. Uh, so he asked for his release. Um, a lot of people yeah, specu- a, a, speculate oh, because he was within the he was in a tag team with Cody and OVW. Uh, uh, they were the tag team champions. They're still pretty. They're still pretty good friends. That he might be making the trip to all, uh, trip to all elite wrestling. I am big on the thing. I'm very selective of who I want to come to All Elite Wrestling at this point in time. Mr. Dillinger, a.k.a. Ronnie Arnell, is not a person that I would sign. It's not because he can't get over. It's just because if you give him any type of success, that lowers the burnt your product. Yeah, it's funny. The... Um there was a week on uh, Solomonster show where he does this bit called Sad Tweet, and uh, and Ty Dillinger won the Sad Tweet, and someone had asked him a question, have, uh, why don't you just go back to NXT? And his one-word reply was, tried. Yeah. So, so. yeah, it's... I, see, the thing with Ty Dillinger, I didn't think he should have ever gone to the main roster. You, occasionally, you throw him into a, a Royal Rumble at the 10th spot. Um, but, no, he... He seemed perfectly happy being the gatekeeper in NXT, and I think now he would give it, give his left nut to go back to doing that because at least he got to do interesting things. And Cash is in that role right now. Right. Uh, the thing about it is, there's no fluid transition between NXT and the WWE. Uh, Vince McMahon only semi pays attention to the NXT product. He doesn't look and see how it would affect NXT before calling someone up to WWE. This is not something I'm saying. This is just what's reported on the internet. Uh, right. So uh, it's so that being said, again, you know he doesn't know what's going on. Like by bringing up those four this week, they were amazing, and I thought Aleister Black was ready, but he may have gutted their roster. You know what I mean? Even though the oh. roster's super deep and they could elevate other people. Right. There, just... There's no may of about it. He literally took their entire. He took the main event of NXT and just plucked it out and goes, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. Because if you watch this week's NXT, it was very glaringly obvious that it was all done before what had happened on Monday and Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I, Ty Dillinger, I could see, I mean, I could even see him just doing a, a backstage role maybe with AEW. Oh. I don't know. See what, I don't know where he goes. Um, 
I, I think ROH would be a good fit. If he was some kind of tag team, I think that would be a good fit. He can get over. That's the whole thing. He got 10 over. You know, he got that over. So he knows how to wrestle. He can get over. He just needs the opportunity to shine. Personally, right. me being as uh, as um, Pop called us, an elitist. Uh, me being an elitist, I'm like, ah, I don't want you. But if Cody says he's all right, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I would. I I think the thing he does he needs to make sure to not do is he does not need to go to Impact. Yeah. The Impact Zone is is a despite the fact that their apparently their shows are actually good, despite the fact that LAX is doing great work, it is a dead, dead, dead brand. And even if you were doing your best stuff there, it doesn't matter because no one's watching it. Literally, like twelve thousand people. I, I saw some report watched like their first episode on pursuit. Can you can you say dead one more time? Dead. <laughs> dead. Dead. It's <laughs> just just stick a fork in it. Someone buy it, and please just yeah AEW though just AEW going. They've got a great roster. No, the no, problem they is they tried to buy it. Oh, they did. Yeah, that, I mean oh, okay. that was the rumors is that they tried to buy it and they just couldn't reach an agreement. <sighs> Anthem, you know you're bleeding money. Just give it up, man. Come on. All right, mm. on to some more positive things from the world of the elite. There's uh, a group of people online have started Adam Page's Full Gear Challenge. Uh, started by fans on Twitter. All right, we're using it as to support each other uh, as a system to lose weight. Uh, the page I saw it on was at Andy Nimity. So it's A-N-D-Y-N-E. E M M I T Y, but I've seen many people share it. I don't know if he's the one that started it, but that's the first person I saw it on. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, my friend Tiffany, of course, she's in, she's posting workout pictures every day with that hashtag Full Gear Challenge. And he says, just to be clear, the Full Gear Challenge is for anyone that wants to join. It's losing weight towards double or nothing in Las Vegas. I post weekly-ish updates, and you can do it too. If you need an excuse to lose weight, do it in solidarity with Paige goals, goals to get in full gear. I mean, personally, I think this is a great idea. So I am definitely starting the full gear challenge. I will give people my you know, my my weight next week and what my goal is for the show. Uh, my goal has always been to be able to fit in a 2X. I'm still a long, I'm a long way from there. But, uh, you know, that's still the goal. It's going to always, it's going to be the goal. So uh, we'll set a reasonable goal for May 25th weekend. But I'm letting you know, when you see me there, I'm eating everything in sight. <laughs> everything. It's Vegas. I'm going to buffets like every meal. <laughs> that's funny yes. so, uh, one I got Andy Nimity I think that is that is so clever that's a take on anonym, anonymity which is a really hard word to say and it's funny because I went to his page he doesn't post pictures of himself <laughs> that's great yeah. um, and I, I think this is awesome this full gear challenge I think this is this is fantastic uh, and uh, I'm still I will not I'm sure I, I won't meet my goal I'm, I'm about 15 to 20 pounds away from where I really want to be. So how uh, much have you lost total? Uh, uh, hint, from, Dave went on a massive uh, change of lifestyle, and he has lost a lot of weight. So how much have you lost? Um, so 
so from the time I started, when I really started this full, full blown, I weighed 256 pounds. Uh, last time I weighed myself, I weighed 166. All right. So about oh. 90 pounds. Oh, yes. And let me tell you some things about that weight. 256 pounds would kind of be my goal, like one of my goal weights. 166 pounds, I haven't been under 200 pounds since I was 14. Yeah, you're Sasquatch, man. You're fucking huge. Uh, I, yeah, so, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. We have feelings there. No, I'm just joking. Oh, I, I mean, all, yeah, in a good way, you're extremely tall. Oh, and if yeah. you're that tall, other things are going to be large, too, if you know what I'm saying. And I think Crystal does. Hello. <laughs> that other, uh, uh, you know, there's another. I'm just going to say, because I'm not one of those people. I'm just going to say, uh, no comment. <laughs> No, but uh, no. Uh, that being said, I uh, really, you know, I think that's just a really positive thing to be doing the full gear challenge. I Amen. think it's a good challenge. If I had any way of actually monitoring and being sure people wouldn't cheat, I would give away like something pretty big on it. But uh, like I said, next week we're gonna start a giveaway. I think I'm gonna give away probably another hoodie. I, I I love the hoodies. I love those hoodies. I want to get me one. I have not gotten me one yet, which is really shocking. But um, yeah, I definitely. But I'm de- gonna give another another hoodie. It's gonna be more of a subscriber thing. You're gonna have to show me you subscribe to this show, and, or to the Social Suplex Podcast Network, and we're gonna uh, enter you in a contest. See if we give away a hoodie, maybe two, just depending on how many people we get to join. Uh, but Dave. Silky Dave, as I like to call him. I thank you for being on the show. Uh, oh, this was fun. Thank you for having me. I, I, dude, I like, seriously, if I could pay you to do this and not reg- work a regular job, I would because I think you are built for the podcast world. But real life does uh, get in the way sometimes of us talking about wrestling for hours on end. But I uh, definitely appreciate you for being on. I hope you're on at another time. That silky voice just uh, just soothes everyone that hears it. Uh, and for so, for me, Floyd and Dave, uh, uh, we'd like to uh, thank you for listening and giving us time, giving us your time. And with, through everything, I'm working on the end catchphrase. I have no end catchphrase, but I'm working on it. But just do whatever you do, try to be elite.